and we're rolling. Howdy, howdy, howdy. How are you guys doing today? Oh, it's, it's doing well. It's another episode of the Chronicast. Thank you guys so much for showing up. My name is Keegan. I'm Mitch. Justin. This is Trevor. And we are the Chronicast. Today is, uh, what is it? Today is April 22nd. It is two days after 420. Uh, I'm not sure when you guys will be listening to this, but that's when we recorded this. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the flip side. Everyone's always really interested in, you know, like uh, smoking weed all day long for 420 and really celebrating. But there are some people out there that work really, 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 really hard to ensure that you guys get those deals, that uh, people are there to sell those deals and that everyone is able to find those deals. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Mitch, first, though, what do, do we have any fun stuff added to the fire sale? Oh, boy, do we. Uh, so we have extra fancy now 50% off 1250 out the door every day of the week. Uh, we've got some farm bros coming. It's a live resin for $10 a gram out the door. Uh, yeah, I think that's the most spicy things we've added. That's spicy. That's, that's on fire. <laughs> the Scoville is off the charts. That's a million Scoville units. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much to Cinder for allowing us to do this. And now I'm going to just let you guys, because I market, so I do the same thing sort of every every year. You know, I have different channels and stuff, but you guys are really the movers and pushers. Yeah, 420 is way more fun to be a civilian than it is to be a participant <laughs> on our side of the fence, for sure. Uh, it's extremely stressful to process that many additional orders for one day, get that inventory prepped. Uh, we split inventory for both in-store and online, which requires a lot, a lot, a lot of relabeling. It's one of the driest things we do all year. Um, securing deals is kind of crazy because everyone is trying to get the best deals possible to beat up their competitors for 420 so we really lean on the relationships that we've built with producer processors over the years um yeah it's a it's a crazy crazy thing would you say that a lot of like the farms kind of prepare though for 420 where they're already kind of sending out flyers and news like hey you know we're gonna have this product at this price for you to buy for your store especially in recent years that's definitely been the case but uh i gotta be honest a lot of times we don't take advantage of that we uh we're like oh so that's what you're offering to anybody yep. uh what can we do to make us special yeah. <laughs> um and you know we'll take advantage of uh some 420 pricing just so we have um regular inventory uh options if like what we secure especially doesn't suit your fancy. We have other options that we may not necessarily advertise because um, really what we're looking for is like 50% off of regular retail. Yeah. Some people, they'll do like five or 10% off of regular uh, inventory, uh, which I think personally is a mistake on their part. Uh, it's the biggest advertising day of the year for cannabis. It's where you can uh, potentially get a product into somebody's hands that wouldn't try it at regular pricing, but will absolutely take you up on that for uh, 420. So well, and I think it's cool that the farms do that because I remember purchasing years ago and it was almost pulling tooth and nail or more so. They were like, yeah, we just have a bunch of inventory backlogged and we're ready to sell it to you at full price. And then the store was the one that was like, how do we make this seem like a good deal or what do we do here? And it made it a lot more difficult. So that's kind of cool to see the farms at least, you know, uh, being prepared to participate, let's say. I mean, seven years in, you have to be prepared. Oh like, my it, it's, yeah. it's the same day every year. Like it doesn't change. We like, know you it's know it's coming. coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and honestly, like 
prepping for 420 starts in February. Yeah. As soon as February 1st hits, purchasers are starting to talk to people about what we can potentially do. Um, you know, we're walking that fine line between uh, preparing too early and the market shifting and then prices drop even lower. And then now our deals that were screaming hot in February aren't quite that spicy in uh, April. Um, but yeah, no, there is so much that goes into <laughs> one 14 hour day of sales uh, that I think most people are probably not aware of. Well, and I want to say too, Mitch, I think that you were working on your store up until the last minute and then you even went to one of the other stores and was there yeah. almost all night. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I was relabeling to like 930 the night before uh, to make sure that we had everything in place to have 420 go as smoothly as possible. Do you still have fingerprints? Are they all worn off yet? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. No, I was I was exhausted after 420 had uh, finished up. Like I actually bud tended for eight hours on 420 oh, really? and I stay in the back of house like the other 364 days a year. <laughs> so yeah, I got home. I wore the wrong shoes, which I mean, I'm five years in. This was my fifth 420. I should have known better. Like you don't wear Vans on fucking 420 <laughs> if you're going to be on the floor. That is a mistake. Uh, but no, yeah, my feet were sore. I had a few blisters. Sorry if that's too much information. Uh, yeah, I got home. I had enough. Inf- I had enough energy to take my pants off. Order pizza, put the pants back on to meet the pizza guy at the door, eat that food, and then pass out. And at some point in there, I'm not exactly sure, I kind of blacked out, the pants came back off. I did not sleep in those, but yeah, no. It's a, it's a fun day, but it's exhausting. You should have given the pizza driver a little tip. Be like, hey, here's my rhino head. Check yeah. this out. <laughs> Just the tip. Just the tip. You're a better man than I am. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, I might have been smoking a joint when I met him at the door. That is possible. Um, but no. Uh, yeah, fucking crazy, crazy day for us, for sure. That's the funny thing, too, with pizza, guys, is you always know, too, at least whenever I get pizza, I'm like, if my house reeks of weed, this is not the first on yeah. their trip right now delivering pizzas. This go out. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of many. 100%. And, like, before I worked in the industry, on 420, I would tip whoever brought food to our house mm-hmm. in cannabis. Yeah. Now that I'm in cannabis, I'm so fucking nervous that they're a fucking minor, and yeah. I'm, like, not trying to do that. So it's just like, here's some cash if you're old enough. Go get yourself <laughs> totally. a special tomorrow. Hey, and at that point, go to Cinder, and we got this going on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, and I don't want the pizza people to be targeting my house either. Like, yeah. oh, this guy's in weed. We're coming back here after we're off work. That's, <laughs> that is not something I'm trying to uh, broadcast necessarily. <laughs> it's very true. I mean, it's, it's Spokane. Yeah. I don't, I don't live in that nice of a uh, part of town. Um, you know, we hear gunshots from our balcony on a regular basis. And just people are just doing some freedom pops. Yeah. Just, I mean, just yeah. some freedom it's pops. It's an office pop. <laughs> yeah, an yeah, office pop. Desk pop. Yeah. Desk pop. There it is. Yeah, 100%. Desk pop, sky pop. Well, like in <laughs> like other parts you go and you hear you hear the bangs and you think, oh, yeah, it was probably a car backfiring. But, uh, you know, kudos to you, Mitch, for admitting it's like, no, that is not just a car backfiring. <laughs> no, I, I know the difference, like section between Denny's and, uh, uh, oh, good Lord, uh, Who Hot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that is the drag University. strip. It's exactly a quarter mile. People fucking run that all the time. So I'm very familiar with the difference between a car backfiring and the other kind of firing. Well, like and I feel like in the Valley, if you're going to get yourself into some trouble or you're drunk it's like that's the strip that you're on right there too that's about it i mean just keep it straight and you can drive like six (laughs) miles um what was it like were there any crazy deals on the accessory side do people contact you pretty hard or is it like we've got glass so deal with it uh, no excess like very poor discounts a lot of like 
order four grand in glass and get 5% off for mm. 420. It's like, ah, it's, that's not really what pulls people for 420 is the accessories. Um, we did have a couple of specials this year that actually did go pretty well. I was curious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. $30 Gravitrons. It's, yeah. That was a hit. Yeah, almost 60% off. And uh, we sold through all of them. I wish we would have actually ordered a couple more on that one. Nice. But, uh, but yeah, def- accessories for 420 is not a money-making endeavor. It's, well, I mean, it, all 420 specials are not a money-making endeavor. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a way to get customers into your shops and experience it and build that rapport that hopefully will uh, translate over to customer retention. But well, and I think it turns almost into like, it's like a community day where it's like, you know, we want to give back to our community and here's some like great deals. And this is like a fun spot to be at, you know, like one of our stores had like live music playing. Awesome. Another one had like the quesadilla truck out front and, you know, it kind of brings people in and it's like, Hey, let's make this like a fun little holiday like that, which I do really kind of appreciate about 420, but it makes me kind of curious as you bring up accessories for myself. I know at least I'm like, I already know what bong I'm going to smoke out of on 420. Have you guys ever on a 420 went out and like bought new glass or done anything like that? And it was like, yeah, today's my day to go big and I'm going to get myself some big heady piece or it's time to finally get a volcano or something. Have you guys done that or not? Not so much. I did. Uh, uh, a vendor of mine had given me uh, a bong uh, for my birthday. Oh, hell yeah. I took home <laughs> for 420. I was finally like, oh shit, fresh glass. But then I uh, got way too stoned before even smoking <laughs> bowls, so it's still clean glass. I'm breaking in this weekend. <laughs> uh, you got too stoned. Uh, what got you? What did it in? So, uh, we we had these hundred milligram shots from um, Green Revolution that were on sale. I hadn't had one, uh, and I've you know I've thrown back a lot of the hundred milligram baby rays, and I mean it gets you right, but. Those green revs really had a punch. And then about 45 minutes after drinking it, uh, I split one of those uh, Good Earth infused joints. Oh, Oh, yeah. That's what rocketed (laughs) me into my edible high. Yeah. And by like six o'clock, I was at my brother's house and his girlfriend came home. And we were literally struggling to hold conversation with each other. (laughs) Yeah, she, she thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, the only thing that's more intense than the high on 420 is the hangover on 421. Like, <laughs> <whoa>. <laughs> oh man. Trevor saw me yesterday. <laughs> it, it, literally, it was like two in the afternoon where I was like, guys, the fog's lifting. <laughs> <laughs> we can finally sail into port. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the the most challenging thing about 420 and April in general, uh, so, you know, pre-420, all of our customers know 420 is coming. So they're going to maybe not splurge. They're going to just, you know, buy enough to maintain. And then they blow their whole wad on 420. And then the week following is just absolutely dead. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, we usually do like four to 500 customers on a Thursday. I think we saw 105 people yesterday. Like it, it was, it was terrible. Well, everybody um, was too weed hungover, right? And then they woke up and their stomachs were still full from the pizza the night before. And, yeah. <laughs> and they still had half an ounce from all the deals that they bought yeah. the day before. The joint like, was still yeah. lit in their hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, so yeah, that's a challenge to overcome for sure. Um, you know, we, part of how we make the specials so special is that we don't do our standard markup, right? So, you know, we're not we're not, we're breaking even if we're lucky on 420 for sure. So that is hard uh, from uh, the cannabis retail side of things for sure. Um, and holy crap, do we put in labor hours beforehand to do that? Um, 
just the organization alone, I think we probably spent 20 labor hours between all the people getting everything binned up and organized, split to make sure that our early risers had drops. And then the people that worked all day and didn't get to just, you know, enjoy 420 at home on the couch. When they got off at five, there were still specials for them to come in. So, yeah. Yeah. For those brave few that request 420 off and just hope that the office doesn't ask why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm uh, sick today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this random Wednesday in April, it's random. There's no significance. It's, it's, uh, I, I'm going to need that I'm off. just going to need yeah. this off. I'm going to put my time off requesting in advance. I wonder what the national average for random UAs is on 421 and 422 versus the rest of the year. Well, I know that uh, at a high school here in Washington, the drug dog's walking around on 420 and it's mm. like, well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, God, how that's so silly. It's totally just leave it at home. <laughs> just leave what it are you planning on sparking up before you get on the bus? Like, <laughs> totally. Oh man, wild. No, I never got that, and I know at least like in in high school or in times past, it's like you know you just don't bring the stuff with you. And plus, I, I know we've kind of chatted about this before too. It's like I'd rather enjoy it, and I can't enjoy that if I'm like hiding out in a bathroom or something, or I'm just like stressed and anxious, and you're just sweating bullets. Unless that's what you're into, then I mean, Godspeed, do what you want, but that's not my cup of tea right there. Certainly would add a new dimension to the high itself. Yeah. <laughs> my chest is going fucking 145 beats per minute right now. I don't understand what's going on. I think the weed's working. It's like, uh, yeah, you think so? Yeah, it's, cortis <laughs> it's cortisol. It's, it, it's okay. <laughs> Why is Mr. Peasley looking at me yeah. like that? <laughs> I, I think he's smelling me with his eyes. <laughs> How long have I been in this classroom for now? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I could have done uh, smoked weed in high school because, like, I was always looking at the clock. And whenever you're, like, super high, you're like, oh, man, it must have been, like, three hours ago. And then you're like, oh, it was three minutes. Oh, yeah. fuck. And then you go and then you're like, well, I'm just going to do something to preoccupy myself. And you think you watched a whole movie and you look and you're like, wait, now only two minutes have passed? <laughs> mm -hmm. It's this, that time sink. Yeah, this scene hasn't changed yet. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> And then you realize you're just looking at the microwave. Now, I think one thing that's kind of fun, though, is uh, like staff. And I got to say, because I've worked now. This is actually this would be my fifth 420. But the first one that I didn't actually work in the store now, uh, which was kind of weird for myself, because I got to say, you get so used to, especially being an industry employee, you're just in the store. But what I do love is, you know, you get all the, the newbies, the fresh green thumbs, people in the store for their first time, you know, working it on like the retail side. And. I feel like, I don't even know if it's 50-50, where it kind of sits, but you get the, you know, a good portion of them, they're anxious, they're nervous, you know what I mean? They they feel overwhelmed, they're not ready for a day of all long sales and, you know, having the door just open because people are trying to get in all day long. And then on the other side, you have the people who are ready to dress up in their giant weed costume and they're loving it. And, you know, this is like a festival and this is like, you know, their day to shine. And I gotta say, I relate to both sides. I know always on 420, I like to, you know, dress up a little bit. It is kind of fun like that, where it's not every day you get to bust out the weed suit or something, you know, or at least not look too crazy as you walk down the street and it, on 420, you get away with it. But uh, on the other side, then you have it where it's just like, you know, the, the anxiety written of it, because it's like, here's our big day. You know, here's our Black Friday equivalent in the retail world, but for cannabis. Um, did you kind of see that a lot in the shops, would you say, this year? Yeah, it's it's simultaneously the most difficult day of the year mm -hmm. and the easiest day of the year. Like from a butt tending standpoint, it's challenging because the pace, it's challenging because you are trying to turn and burn as fast as possible to keep that, uh, you know, customer number rising. Um, but also, 
every single customer for the most part is in a good mood mm-hmm. um, because we have specific specials that we advertise the fuck out of. Most people know exactly what they're looking for. Uh, we had in-store uh, little pamphlets as well. So nice. by the time a customer is getting served, uh, they kind of know exactly what they're looking for. Um, I do think that um, the pace is kind of overwhelming, especially if you've never experienced that before. Um, and even for me, like I, I don't bud tend on a regular basis. So to hop out there on our busiest day it's like oh yeah i gotta remember how to smile and talk nicely to people like you know like i I don't want people to think i'm low energy so you gotta like summon that from the depths but um they don't want to say hey can i get somebody else helping me out here and you're like i'm sorry i'm the boss guy do you even fucking smoke weed (laughs) i mean a little sometimes here and there (laughs) uh no but yeah i I do think it is a a tough day and an easy day and a fun day and hard day like it's kind of all of the things just based on uh, the nature of 420. Although I I will say this year, um, this is the first time I've really noticed that I think 420 is kind of normalizing. Like it Mm -hmm. didn't seem like it was as impactful. Like I had multiple customers just that I served that were like, oh, it's 420. Oh fuck! What do you guys have going on today? Like that's exciting, really cool. And it's like, whoa, you didn't know that it was 420. That's so. I see you in here every day. You smoke a lot of weed. How did you not know? This is your fucking holiday. Don't you have a tattooed on your arm over there? No, yeah, I see the pot leaf on your neck. Like, yeah. come on, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was a good day. A good uh, day. Did you have some fun bud tending? I know for myself, I've been pulled into the shop here a few times recently. And whenever you do, it's like you haven't bud tended in a while. And first for myself, the anxiety, you know, I definitely get that wave where you're like, I'm about to fuck up so hard. I am sorry, people. It's like, I'm going to sell you the three things that I've bought recently. No, but then you get into it and you instantly warm up and it's kind of fun again. Would you kind of say that was your wave of emotion there? Yeah, I, w- I would say it's pretty much the same thing. Um, I like serving happy people. I mm-hmm. like giving good customer service to people that are kind and interested and all that. And because there's a high concentration of that, it's a really enjoyable experience. And um I do know the product very, very well. I mean, I was in part responsible for securing you a lot of this it in stuff. The door. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so it's nice to be able to connect people with the right special, not just, uh, you know, have them read the thing. Like, I think I want this. And it's like, oh, but... I will get you that 100%, but I also need to show you this. It's going to blow your mind. Like, like, I know $1 joint is on the menu. However, when you tell me you want something infused, that's just not yeah. infused. Or you could check out this $10 joint that's normally 30 and mm-hmm. this is going to rock you and three of your friends' socks off. Like, For the next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I had a really good time. I have a really good team in the Valley. Um, they're fun to butt tend with. Um, they're very high energy. Um, they're great at their job. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I really did enjoy it. Um, I would do it again next year. <laughs> yeah, 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 there it is. The disclaimer. Yeah. Quick shout out to all bud tenders, managers, purchasing people, everyone throughout all the legal places and maybe not so legal places. Shout out to those people. You did it. Congratulations. Here's a little hand clap well, for you. Totally. And even the people actually on the farm side, you know, we've been talking the retail yeah. a lot. But here's the thing. For them to be able to process all that product to get it aside a good price, you know, in Washington, you can't sell stuff at a loss. And so for these farms, you know, they really had to step up their game and you know they had to work their booties off to be able to get us all these products I think that's awesome on that side too and they almost get kind of overlooked where we're like wow look at all this great product or are you kidding me this is only ten dollars like uh, I'll, I'll honestly shout out those extra fancy grams holy fuck they send me to the dabulation station man those things are great uh, they get me interstellar and so with those right there at that price it's like well somebody had to make that stuff and they had to grow it and then they had to extract it so shout out to all those people too just because they kind of get overlooked you know they're kind of the unsung yeah. heroes a lot in the industry you walk 
into the retail store, that's the sexy side. And then you hear somebody works on a farm. Well, what kind of farm? Pot farm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got to throw a special shout out uh, as well uh, to Drift Boat and Stan in particular, who's the owner over at Drift Boat. So uh, we did some like pre 420 specials just to kind of like wet people's whistle, give them an idea of kind of what was going on. We had these $20 quarters of Bud Bits, which were Ooh. fantastic. And we looked at kind of what our sales were and predicted how many we'd need. And we sold out in three days. Uh, <laughs> and we were running it for basically a week before. And so I, in a panic, got on the phone. I was like, hey, man, can you please bring more? He brought more, delivered at 7 o'clock in the morning on 420 just so we could have oh, more specials for that day. It was fucking awesome. Stan, we appreciate you. Thanks so much. Oh, we love you, Stan. Old Stan. Well, and at that point, too, it kind of goes back to the whole community thing where it's like, we're all in this together. And, you know, we look at it a lot. And sometimes people, especially on the industry, will say, it's like, yeah, you know, us on the industry, we're all together. And it's that whole community because you did that because you knew that the people would want that. And every single person that walked out with the quarter doesn't realize all the effort and work that came to get that quarter in the store that day. But hell yeah, we got it. And you get to enjoy it. Totally. Yeah, he literally had to stop everything that his team was doing to make that happen for us. So, uh, that is why relationships are so important in this industry and that community is something that we want to uh, encourage and foster and support. Well, and I think it speaks miles too. I know with myself, like in my personal family, I'll still get teased a little bit with like my parents where they'll be like, oh, this is a bunch of drug dealers or people growing pot and shit like that. What a great guy. What an outstanding man Stan was in this situation to really just step up to the plate and just be a good person who was very thoughtful here and was able to redirect because he could have also just said, F no, especially probably, you know, whatever, however it takes them to be able to sell it to us at that point. He's not making as much as he might any other time of the year. So he could have flipped you the middle finger, but instead he was like, nope, we're all in this together. Let's get some people some good stuff. Definitely. Yeah, he's not he's not one of those drug dealers. Uh, no. Stan doesn't even smoke weed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, he he, uh, he came from 35 years in the uh, high-end wine industry, and uh, when cannabis went legal in Washington, he saw an opportunity, so invested, opened his own grow, did that whole thing. But, uh, yeah, he definitely doesn't fit the mold or the perception of what a, you know, grow owner is. Yeah, exactly. Well, so we had Hutch getting edible wasted with a nice little infused joint. Mitch, I mean, you barely just rolled. What did you end up smoking? What did you say that you were smoking that night on 420? Oh, we smoked a joint. I don't know what it was. Something some my joint. wife handed me. Yeah. And, yeah. and man, your wife, Mindy, she smokes. Yeah, she, she does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we now. Uh, She's a chimney. We added to the number of ashtrays in our house. There's now one on the bed, like, post right by. Like, you don't even have just to get up. Just, to yeah, bed yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> um, I, fuck, I don't don't remember what it was. Infused, it, it, regular. It might have been uh, one of those infused joints from Good Earth. I'm yeah, not sure. Totally. Those things get in the glass tubes or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Wax those things top. slap my titties around. Those things mm-hmm. get me every time. Uh, Keegan, what about you? What'd you do on your 420? I had some Herba. Um, God, it was like a pineapple something. Uh, I forget. <laughs> Sold already. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just went to the valley on uh, April 19th and I was dropping off, you know, like the yeah. flyers and everything. And I was like, just give me something that's going to work really well for 420. And uh, Madison was able nice. to hook me up and it was really, really good. Uh, but I just did my volcano and oh, just hung yes. out with the family on the couch. And perfect. I'm pretty sure I was like passed out at nine. So <laughs> it was perfect. 9 a.m. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what did your night look like? Oh, what did mine? Oh, <laughs> my night. Well, uh, this is, uh, you know, I, I, I will admit it. I'll, I'll be honest out here. Uh, this was the first 420 where I didn't really have 420 plans and I wasn't totally like 
Yeah, because I, I was telling Hutch a little bit where normally what I would do is I buy like the double XL zigzags and you roll like, man, it takes over an eighth to fill up one of those things. And I'll mm-hmm. roll them like, you know, thicker than a quarter and you roll it up and you're like, okay, here we go and light it up. And the next morning you wake up and you're getting ready for work and you're like, man, my whole house just reeks of weed. But this was the first time I didn't quite do that. Uh, we worked. And I got off work slightly early, which for any of the fellow Cinder employees, I'm so sorry that I'm admitting that I got (laughs) off early on 420 just to then go to the gym to then go home and do laundry to then make myself some like fried rice (laughs) and eventually smoked a doobie and a dab. That's what got me in though. But um, I don't know, you know, I was still nice and ripped and I would actually say I almost felt the spirit more last night, guys. I really last night I got home and I was like, okay, now I'm ready to just get mega ripped. And and it wasn't like anything was wrong with the day. It was just one of those where you're just like, I'm not really fully prepared for it. But here's the thing too, like on on 420, you know, and some people I'll say where I've like talked that with buddies and stuff, they kind of almost gave me a little grief. But if you said it for like Christmas, where it was just like, yeah, well, I just kind of want to celebrate Christmas the next day. And they're like, no, you do it on the day. I was like, yeah, Trevor, you do 420 on the day. What are you doing out here? But uh, that's what I ended up doing. My my doobie, I've had those uh, good earth infused pre-rolls, the little halfy gram ones. Man, those things are just awesome. Still loving those. And then uh, for the dabs, it was the extra fancy was what it was off of my health stone that I will talk about again. So I love this thing. Uh, no, but that, that was really what my 420 looked like right there. Fried rice was bomb. I got to say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, has 420 changed for you uh, over the years, especially like yes. the longer you're in the industry? Is it is it different than, uh, you know, pre-legalization for you? Yeah, I would totally say so. Where before it was it was truly like especially. And I guess for myself, my, my community of smokers has changed because now I work in an industry where every single guy that we're sitting in the room right here, we could just be like, yeah, you guys want to go smoke a doobie once we're done with this? And we'd be like, heck yeah, let's go do it. Where before you work a job and it's almost like you become friends with the other people that smoke. And you're like, hey, I got nothing in common with you except for we smoke weed. Let's be friends. And then you have like your coworkers or friends that way. 420 comes around and you kind of all gather up and you go and you smoke. And that's what it would always be. Uh, I bought a house kind of young. And so I would always have people over all the time on 420. And we just have like a little mini house party get together and we just smoke it up is what it would always be. Now I'm like, man, I don't want to have people over. Don't want to hang out with anything. I uh, I go to the gym with my buddy Michael, and uh, we were leaving the gym. We're talking, blah blah blah. We actually have a buddy in from out of town, and uh, we I get to his house. I'm dropping him off, and he finally turns to me. He's like, "Yeah, dude, it's 4:20. Like, what are we? What are we gonna do? Are you smoke a big doobie?" And I was like, "Hmm, I don't know, dude. I'll text you later. I'm gonna go home and shower." <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's definitely changed a little bit. Where I don't think any of the allure has gone away. I still get excited about 4:20. Like I said, you know, I, it, it's a fun day and you know everybody's spirits are really high and I think too just being in the industry we we work towards this day we really do where you think about it early like how Mitch said it's like February and you already are plotting and planning and have the whole spider web out there you know you feel like Charlie from uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia and you're just (laughs) connecting all the dots what can we do it's 420 time Um, but I would just say you kind of you, you get used to it more and then it becomes more of a subtle holiday almost like I know for myself with my family as we've gotten older us kids or whatnot uh, Christmas isn't the same extravaganza that it used to be yeah. you know Thanksgiving is more about family and getting together and being thankful for each other versus before where it'd be like a whole expedition because here it is and I think 420 has kind of done that for me as well too not that you get desensitized but you just and you're not over it because you're still excited but you're just used to it. Are you yeah. guys still excited to smoke smoke at four twenty? Like no, no. Uh, I was still butt tending. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I normally like if it's like a Saturday or you know like a random day and four twenty rolls around on the clock. I will say there is the little thing where I'm just like, ooh, let me take a rip off the pen or whatever. I do have that still where I'm always just like, ooh, it's four twenty right now and I'm able to let's do it. Or uh, I have a group chat with all my buddies and stuff, right? And if it's four twenty randomly, I mean like every day at least one person hits it and just says happy four twenty and they just throw it out there. And we're like, okay, there we go. 
on 4.20, I woke up at 4 so I could do 4.20 a.m., and then I got off of work at 4.19 so I could do 4.20 again. See, this is why you're the man, Keegan. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that that one thing is just fun on 4.20 to smoke at 4.20. Both four twenties. Well, it's like this year too, where we had like two, 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 two. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like that day where it's just like it just lined up, and you're not going to get it for another, you know, hundred years or whatever like that. Where it is kind of like it's a cool moment, and it's more so you you almost regret those things when you don't get them or capitalize on them or go for it. Yeah, I don't. It's such a stupid thing because it doesn't it doesn't make you hire or anything, <laughs> yeah. but it's just like bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, I got off in. Uh, I I had my wife like set everything up for me real quick and then like she had like they went outside to my kid and my wife went outside to go play and uh, so I smoked my bag real quick and then joined them and she's like oh did you enjoy it I was like yeah and on my time card it says 419 I clocked up <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like yeah guys I'm a stoner too <laughs> I was like oh Priorities. They, yeah, <laughs> HR is going to be the only one that saw that one. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally, totally fair. <laughs> no, I, I should have woke up at 4.20 in the morning to smoke because I had to wake up at like 4.45 anyway to get mm-hmm. up and get ready to go to work. <laughs> so I did. That was a missed opportunity for sure. But yeah. Yeah, you got that extra little sleep, and it sounds like you needed it, you old man. The fuck, <laughs> dude. I mean, the North Store is like a 30-minute drive from my house, so being there till 9.30 and then getting up at 5, yeah, it was... Man, those turnarounds are hard, too. And I know for myself, you know, especially now almost stepping away from just the industry, let's talk retail, is, you know, those quick turnarounds when, like, if you close the shop down and then you got to get up the next morning, man, it does it to you. And it's hard because I'm one where I want to go home and I want to make dinner and then you unwind and you do all that. You almost can't. You almost are just like, okay, what, what do I got that's real quick? Sweet. I got a banana and a cliff bar. Let's fucking pound those and go to bed real quick. Yeah. The, the night before I ate half a block of extra sharp cheddar Fuck and yeah. some fucking Polish <laughs> sausage and went to fucking sleep. <laughs> I don't got time to cook right now. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, totally. like, it's 1030. Fuck. What's barely prepared? Ah, this yeah. burger patty's halfway thawed. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. Yeah, exactly. Were you just eating it? Like, oh, off the brick? Uh, just, uh, no, and I'm not a fucking <laughs> no, <it's> savage. Okay. <laughs> but, no, well, I cut you, the, I your cut dinner breaks in half. half. <laughs> a fucking brick of cheese. <laughs> point, point. Yeah, okay, that's fair. No, I, I cut it up into bite-sized chunks for sure. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, bite-sized, cut it in half. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I cut was, it with my teeth into bite-sized chunks. No. Uh, was this a Costco brick of cheese that was oh, half? No, I guess I should clarify. No, this is one of those, like, Tillamook, uh, small, not even, uh, what, 14 ounces, 12 ounces or whatever. Yeah. Oh, God, clog your arteries up. That would be... It'd be wild. I'm gonna try it sometime. <laughs> Just be like I'm on keto. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> it's a good time That's right fair. before 4:20, and then while the store's all busy, it's like, where's Mitch at? He's still in the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the seventh time today. We've been open for two hours. It's like, yeah, and it's not gonna stop, guys. Let yeah. me show you the rest of the brick of cheese. There's not much left. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever seen that photo of? Uh, it's on Reddit, and it pops up every once in a while. But it's a photo of a lady on an STA bus and she has like a Costco size brick of cheese <laughs> and she's just 
<laughs> snacking on it like it's a Snickers bar. That makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> like, I can't imagine. I just want to know where she's at. Yeah, yeah I mean, lady. just kidding. <laughs> she was a large lady, but hey, she knows how to party. <laughs> yeah, she does. Was Jeez, it 420 bro. when that photo was taken? Was that why? No, but that would have made more sense. <laughs> yeah. Although every time I look at it, I'm just like, I mean, that's the bus. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Is like, you know, but I'm not too surprised. I bet there's like, there's. it's not even like a one in 50. I'd give it like a one in three chance. If you get on the bus right now, somebody has a Costco size brick of cheese. <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, did you guys ever do a lot of uh, the bus having to take the bus a lot? You know, there was a little while when I had to take the bus. Uh, my car broke down, and so I was living up on the South Hill, and I have to bus down the hill or whatever. And uh, for myself, I lucked out where the bus station wasn't too far away. I could walk there at the bus stop. And uh, my route in the morning when it picked me up at 5-something to get to work, where I need to be there at 8, and it's about a 10-minute bus ride. So, I mean, you just hang out outside. This yep. is life at this point. But you got to get to work, because how else are you going to fix your car? But uh, when uh, when I would get on the bus, there normally wasn't too many weirdos. But I just remember there was one time, and I mean, in reality, the lady was just tweaking, but she she was sitting there about like uh, a couple seats behind the bus driver. And I feel bad for this poor guy. Cause he just said, he didn't say anything the whole time, just staring straight. And she's just yelling, almost screaming bloody murder at him a little bit about, you know, something, something, this whole city's a sinner and uh, there'll be repents and all this stuff. And you're kind of like, all right, I'm going to put my earbuds in deeper into my head. And I'm just going <laughs> to turn up the music a little bit louder. And uh, we're almost to work. I think they're not noise canceling, but if they touch my brain, it might short it out. Totally, yeah, right. Or at that point. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> totally scratch it a little bit. Now, and uh, the first couple of years was in college um, when we basically your student ID came with um, a free bus pass. And so I had classes at the um, ancillary um, campus or whatever. So I would ride the bus instead of drive because uh, we were broke as fuck then. So uh, but outside of that, not really. I've maybe rode four buses in my life. Oh, wow. <laughs> like city buses. I've, yeah. You didn't ride the bus in Walla Walla at all? No, I've never rode the bus in Walla Walla. Oh, really? I've, never, I've also never in Spokane either. It'll ruin. It's only, it's only like when I'm traveling or whatever. Lots of school buses as a kid, but. Okay. Keegan, you ever have to ride? Uh, yeah, I didn't own a car until I was 32. Oh, so you bus. Oh, yeah. I've been busing since I was uh, like. I think 12 or 13 was when my mom would let me go on that. And that's like, whoa, that's just a regular day in the life. Just someone screaming about say, yeah. like uh, death. I remember one time being on the bus and this guy was talking about he was uh, apparently a devil worshiper, but like a real devil worshiper or something. <laughs> and he was like talking about when uh, the devil comes back and how they're going to fillet all of the children of Spokane. And there is this like. Oh, no. Little tiny lady with her like eight year old kid who is now crying. And the lady's like going to the bus driver is like, can you tell them to stop? And the 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 bus driver will not acknowledge what's yeah. happening right now. And the guy that's talking about filleting the kids is like, you're going to be the first one that gets it. <laughs> and so she's just like, Jing, she's gets like, all right there. Yeah, I was just like. This is just like another day in paradise, people. Totally. And then you take your block of cheese and you keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's why you have people eating blocks of cheese on the SCA. 
You know, uh, I think uh, like city buses, those get pretty bad. Have you guys ever had to ride the uh, Greyhound? And have you ever gone like a big yeah. distance on the Greyhound? Mm-mm. Never done anything like that, you two? No, can I you hate have? the Greyhound, yeah. Dude, uh, have you ever had like long trips on it or just like over Seattle and back or something? Yeah, or Seattle and back. So, uh, there was one time that we went over to good old North Dakota and uh, we took the Greyhound there. Never want to do that ever again. That's interesting. You definitely meet some people. But I remember that <laughs> we were, uh, it was like middle of the night and you're kind of, you know, there's like two, you, you kind of take up two seats by yourself leaving Spokane. It wasn't too busy. So there's like, you know, we're kind of sitting there and you kind of lay down and you're sleeping and all of a sudden it stops and the bus driver makes his round up and down. He's like, all right, everybody one to a seat. We're picking up a bunch of passengers. It's like 3 a.m. in the middle of, I don't even fucking know, Montana somewhere. Fuck. And uh, there was like a whole family um, of like Amish or something that like came on board or whatever like that. And they... It, it was interesting, and, and I say something like Amish because they were very much so dressed like they were Amish, and I really like. And Amish people don't believe in buses. They don't believe in buses, totally. So it's like, well, it's not that. And I, I think they more so were from like you know somewhere in the east, and they were kind of like like Ukrainian or something along those lines, and because they didn't speak a lick of English, but they were singing like these nice little chants or whatever like that. You know what I mean? It was like it seemed like it was a whole family. They almost looked like they all were related in a sense, and there was like fucking like almost twenty of them, and they like filled up this whole bus, and they're just kind of like singing their little jingles as they go around on the bus right there, and I just remember the whole time just thinking I'm like what, what what fucking world am I in right now it's like how did I get myself in this situation we're just going to North Dakota why am I going to North Dakota in the first place thanks grandma for living out here but uh no that was pretty uh interesting just because all of a sudden you're just like oh yeah wow you know we're really just filled up on here so as my dad and I were just kind of crammed into the seat and just put the earbuds in you kind of play your game boy and you go about it but every once in a while they get really loud and you kind of just look at each other and it's just like yeah dad there's not much that's stopping us from putting a bolt in our head right now is there mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the most important thing to learn when you're on bus, especially if you're doing it regularly, is how to act like the crazy fucking people that no one sits next to. Like, you want to learn how to walk that line so you can have two seats to yourself. Like, do you just talk to yourself or do you just kind of fidget? What's I mean, I think move? it's like violent muttering. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think that's the key. Like, no one's going to actually kick you off for that, but that is going to unnerve some fucking people. You just like sprinkle in a couple of words that are like triggers for people, yeah. you know? I don't know. <laughs> Never tried it. I think that should be our next experiment. Yeah, yeah totally. All right. So, the, for the next time, on the podcast we're taking it on the road literally yeah. guys let's see how many people want to sit next to us Fuck. <laughs> that would probably work for a little bit and then the other random actually crazy guy would be like oh this guy also sees the demons yeah. <laughs> he's in this as well oh we will fight them together brother <laughs> like Mitch said very thin line yeah <laughs> it's a tight rep to walk but might be worth it yeah <laughs> oh man. So we've we've discussed a little bit about 420 and stuff and then uh another huge thing that's going on right now is we're going from being a single state operator into becoming a multi-state operator. And I I would like to talk to Trevor a little bit cuz you're like sort of spearheading the uh uh facility uh, store build out and then Mitch you are also assisting with like all of the purchasing of that. And we're currently talking to each other in person in Washington, and we are opening in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I, you guys are impressing the shit out of me on this <laughs> stuff. 
Well, Trevor, would you like to start? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's an incredibly exciting time, I got to say, for Cinder. It really is, uh, as we're very excited. It's something that, uh, you, you know, our owner has really had his eyes set on for a little while, and we were able to finally bring to fruition there. Uh, so it's definitely very nice. Um, takes a lot of people, I will say, though, definitely. You know, we've been able to kind of recruit across the company. You know, every, everybody has their kind of little uh, piece that they play. It's almost, you know, I'm going to say, man, I'm such a fucking sports analogy guy. But, you know, you have your team. And it's like the quarterback can throw the ball so fucking well, but if there's no one to catch it, get the fuck off the field. What are you doing? And so uh, it, it's been really nice that everybody's really had to step up because it's very interesting. Uh, and the one thing that's been, I would say for myself, the most fun of this all, and I'm saying fun in a loose way, is uh, high New Mexico State and the Cannabis Control Division. You guys have never done this before. You have no idea. You still today do not have final rules written and uh, you have to govern us. So, hi, I got some questions for you. What can I do? Uh, so it's been kind of interesting like that just because a lot of the time you get somebody on the phone and you're going through it and you're like, yeah, so uh, are we able to do drive throughs And they're like, great question. I don't know. And you're like, all right, um, how can I find out? great question. I don't know. And she was like, okay, here we go there. No, it's not that bad. That's definitely dramatizing it, but, uh, not by much, but not by much. No, totally. I mean, like we're in the same ballpark at this point again. Yeah. We're in like sections next to each other. Um, so it's been, uh, kind of fun like that. It's always a good challenge and I always like a good challenge or a good, you know, puzzle to kind of work through. And man, this has been a a meaty one at that. Um, but what's really kind of cool too, I gotta say from being from Spokane, Washington, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Hey cousin, you guys are pretty similar to us. <laughs> oh, it totally. Yeah, we went on a little purchasing uh, trip, went to a conference out there to just kind of gauge the temperature of the water a little bit. And when we touched down at the airport and got out, it's like there's a guy over there tweaking. There's a small family of kids trying to pretend they don't fucking see what the <laughs> fuck's going on. We drive into the city, it's like kind of spread out, but there's a shitload of people. It's like fuck, this is pretty much Spokane and like the more time we spent there the more I'm like I fucking feel like I already know this place like, <laughs> I'm, I've never driven here but I'm pretty sure I could point out a back road to where we need to go like <laughs> it, it's so weird how similar Albuquerque is to Spokane and I really hope that that translates to the market and the customers that we're going to have down there because uh, I mean if that's the case we're going to have such a leg up on everyone else around there well totally and I got to say too I think even Mitch when you were kind of going through a lot of those stores um, you know what was kind of your impression of a lot of like the because there's a lot of medical stores that have been up and going and these medical stores have been around for you know a couple of years now and they've been able to kind of get their footholds and then we have all these other rec shops now that are trying to pop up yeah so before april 1st which was the first legal recreational day of sales in uh, new mexico there was 33 active medical licenses um operating down there um and so we did a little bit of uh, quote-unquote comp shopping um while we were there and i have to say uh coming from washington coming from uh stores that's serve between 500 and 1,000 people a day. Uh, It was unbelievable how fucking slow they were. Uh, It was crazy how long each customer took in the shop. Um, And one of them, uh, my medical license down there, something weird happened with the paperwork, so they had to go through and print me a new uh, sister license. And so I sat in there for probably like 45 minutes. I think I saw like seven people. Oh, wow. In that amount of time. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's kind of wild how that whole thing works. Uh, And another kind of weird experience is that every shop that I went into had different product. There was no like big brands, no common brands that were down there because it was such a small community and it's vertically integrated. So everybody grows and produces their own product for their own retail store. So every single time I went in there, I had to get an education on what was even available, what was offered because it was completely different than the previous three stores I had been to. Um, 
honestly, I think we have a huge advantage going down there. And that's not to say that other people aren't going to be good competition for us. I 100% think uh, that there are a couple entities that really have it figured out and are going to be able to grow and build on what they're already doing very well. Um, but uh, we're going to be number one. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just putting it out there now. We're going to be the top dog once we're uh, established down there. So Some good secret sauce in the Krabby Patty formula. Yeah, 100%. Well, and that, that, that's the reality of it, right? We've been doing this in Washington for seven, almost eight years. Um, they just started doing recreational. Mm -hmm. They've got a month, not even a month under their belt. Uh, and so some of the growing pains that all of these institutions that are down there already are going to experience, we've already been done and figured out the solution two, three years ago. We've so, already had the headache. Yeah, there's some piles of poop that we're not going to step in that other people are. Um, there's some... There's definitely some hills for us to climb. Um, you know, it is vertically integrated. Uh, we don't grow in Washington. We are strictly retail here. So there are going to be some hurdles there that we've got to kind of figure out. Um, but again, we have a great team. We've got lots of people that have a lot of knowledge that we can uh, put into that. We have good contacts in Washington that are willing to help us and consult. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to kill it down there. Nice. Now, um is there any products that you're really excited about? And the only reason I bring this up is because I know that one thing that you guys were talking about that you were pretty excited about was this edible ice cream. Fucking uh, ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that's number one on my list. Uh, the fact that I can get stoned eating, uh, you know, a cookie dough ice cream. It, it's amazing. Fuck, that sounds dangerous yeah. though. Cause I'm just going to get high and then keep eating. Oh, and eating. It, it, totally, totally. That's already a problem I have in Washington, no. right? It's like this gummy's so good. I want more, but like, I can't so, handle more than 10 milligrams. Like bark, please. I yeah. need something worse. Exactly. Uh, and the company is actually making us our own flavor, uh, which is something that's really cool that we can collab with companies like that. Uh, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. Honestly, I'm most excited about the edible uh, market down there. Mm -hmm. uh, for one, in Washington, it's only 9% of the entire market, and that includes beverages. It's everything. Uh, in Albuquerque alone, it's 25% of the cannabis market, and there wow. are certain cities where it's up to half. Oh, wow. Um, so the potential for awesome edibles uh, and selling great edibles. It's very, very high in New Mexico. And the rules as far as what qualifies as a legal edible to produce down there are so much more relaxed than in Washington. Like, I'm really excited that the potential to have an infused jerky is real. Oh my gosh. Like that is actually something that we could see down there. That's amazing. Um, all we see in Washington are sugar edibles. Like it's all it's sugar, candy, candy yeah. cookies, all that shit. They we, have to be shelf stable in Washington, right? They have to be shelf stable in Washington. They do not have to be shelf stable in New Mexico, um, which means that we're going to need more fridges. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's just part of it. Um, they also have to be 3D homogenized in Washington. So that means that regardless of what corner of the candy you cut off, it's going to have the same milligrams in corner A as it will in corner C. Um, that's not the case. Like you could do uh, beef jerky that you dip in distillate. And as long as you're sure that the dosing is right, that's acceptable. Um, it definitely opens a lot of doors for creative edibles. Um, it means that all the chocolates that we're going to see have the potential to be better, right? So like in Washington, it's really kind of against the rules to have like cookie pieces in your chocolate because then it's not 3D homogenized. So if you get a bigger piece of cookie in one piece versus another, that's not 3D homogenized. That technically doesn't qualify. Mm -hmm. um, we can do that in New Mexico. In fact, we sampled quite a few chocolate bars that had something like that that were phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, one of the vendors we met with did a peach cobbler in a jar. Ooh, oh my Holy God. Holy Toledo. Might be a plane <laughs> ticket right now. I know. It's just, I mean, it, the sky is kind of the limit in New Mexico. Um, 
it's reasonable legislation for reasonable cannabis consumption. Um, You know, Washington really, we just suffer from being one of the first. I know everyone says Colorado was the first. It it was the same voting cycle that Colorado and Washington went legal. So I think that our rules are more extreme Mm -hmm. because we had to prove that we could do it fairly, that we could do it safely. Which um, is good. But, it, it is, it is. But it also hurts to be first in that sense because I know for New Mexico, they literally pulled from every other legal yeah. state and was like, what are the good pieces? What are the bad pieces? And because of that, I think they do have a really good rule set all in all because it's very logical and sound. And they've seen, you know, the successes that other states have had and seen where some of the stuff are failures or maybe too loose. Definitely. I mean, one thing that I totally understand. I'm not sure I agree with 100%, but I do understand where they came from, is that recreational edibles still have a 100 milligram Mm -hmm. limit, Mm -hmm. all right? Where they did it better in New Mexico is that instead of being by weight on your cell limits, it's by milligram. Perfect. So in Washington, I can buy 12 raised lemonade, or I can buy six raised lemonade, 12 ounces. Yep. Right? But I can buy 72 of the little little rays. Yep, yeah. totally. So I can buy over 7,000 milligrams if I buy it in this form, but I can only buy 600 milligrams if I buy it in this form. That doesn't fucking make any sense. You buy some hearty cookies or chocolate, you can literally only get the couple bags, but you buy capsules, which weigh virtually nothing, and you can walk out with hundreds of them. Yeah, one of my favorite edibles in Washington right now are these Sungay's seltzers. Oh it's like, a, it's so like a beer so soda with cannabis Ginger in it. Ginger beer is so good. Yeah, they're amazing, right? But it's a four-pack... Of 12 ounce cans. I can buy yes. one what? of those and it is 20 milligrams of THC. Like it, it's just silly. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, the edible market in New Mexico is really, really exciting. Um, what I am not excited about, and I'm sorry, New Mexico, I'm just going to say it. Your cannabis flower is terrible. Like, especially for how expensive it is. They are so far behind Washington in that cultivation. Um, it is exciting to me um, as a sender representative, somebody that, you know, we're interested in getting into that game. And I think we can take uh, what we've learned from our Washington partners and really bring a high quality product at an affordable price down there very early on in the game. Uh, So that part's cool. But yeah, if I have to move to New Mexico, I'm really like kind of sad that I'm not going to have access to all this amazing Washington bud down there, Uh, especially if I'm paying fucking $20 a gram for something that's maybe mid shelf in Washington. That's going to be a real bummer. Um, you know, that kind of makes me think, because I know, Mitch, that you've been around a little bit. I know that you, both of you other boys travel a little bit. Is there anywhere where you are like, this is the best weed that I've ever gotten? I'm going to say legal weed. Is there anywhere where you were like, this is the best legal weed that I've ever gotten, whether it's Oregon, Washington, California, Colorado, anybody go up to Alaska? I would say Washington. Washington, Alaska. yeah. Washington has been the best. Yeah. Even I was down in Arizona a couple of weeks ago in one of the dispensaries I went to. You know, we're talking, they're getting me signed in or whatever. And he's like, yeah, so what are you doing down here? I was like, oh, we're just visiting my brother. You know, I just wanted to check out some dispensaries. He's like, ah, I'm just going to tell you sorry in advance, man. (laughs) I was like, why is that? He's like, our flower sucks compared to Washington. And I was like, I mean, Washington has good flower back. I'm not like, I don't go around being like, we are the pinnacle of Mm -hmm. cannabis production, you know? But yeah, that was, I don't know, that was, and this was, my brother's been down there for about a year, like, he's done a lot of shopping around, he's found 
the you know his favorite dispensary and for that to be my first interaction like, <laughs> oh, okay well my hope is for being are honest yeah do you guys think that it's because of uh cultivation methods or do you think it's because of the water i think mean, it's so lit here fam no i think <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry uh i don't think it has to do with the water i think it has to do with the cultivation methods and how much time we've had to refine those. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, California gets a lot of credit just offhand. If you don't if you don't know cannabis very well and you get asked, where's the best cannabis in the world? You're either gonna say Amsterdam or you're gonna say California, mm-hmm. specifically Humboldt County, right? Yep. And so a lot of the best cultivation methods in the world were developed initially there, but we have had time in a recreational market to build on that. And I think that is truly why Washington does grow some of the best weed in the entire world. Like I would put SebEx against any Anybody's weed, period. Like, I don't care. Well, and it's so cool, too, because now that it is legal, and so you get people who are highly educated in agricultural crops, and this is what they were went to school and became learned on, came now, and they're like, hey, let's grow some cannabis. And now they really grow some mean cannabis. And I got to say that you go to some of these farms, and it's not anymore just like, yeah, this is weed. We planted it in the ground, and then it goes up. It's like, no, these guys know exactly what they're doing, down to the nanogram of what they give it for substances. I think it does really grow some nice cannabis like that. And I think you're right, where a lot of it comes from us having the, um, you know, the, the early start, you know, especially once it's legal you can kind of go with it. Um, I, I think you guys are kind of familiar where like with a lot of government testing and everything like that, the cannabis that they use is absolutely horrible. If yeah. you see what they do, any of these test results on and stuff like that, it, it's completely asinine that this is what the standard is that the government says. Where you go to Washington, you're like, man, there, there's just a huge range of it and they really grow just some of this incredible stuff, I think, because they have that free realm to be able to kind of you know experiment and really refine their practices legally and safely. Yeah. and. I just want to be clear too. I think New Mexico's potential to grow amazing cannabis Mm -hmm. absolutely is there. I think they will rival Washington, Oregon, California at some point. Um, They just haven't had the the time to Mm -hmm. grow on a large scale. And a lot of these growers that have been growing for medical, they are going to run into the challenges of scale Mm -hmm. when they actually start producing higher and higher volumes of cannabis. Their quality is going to go down and that's going to be a lot of trial and error to figure out how to keep the quality and grow larger volumes right? Like uh, some of the grows are like 500 square feet. Like that's fucking nothing. You're producing a couple of pounds a year in reality. And it's hard because somebody buys an ounce of it. They smoke it in a week and then they want another ounce. Fuck you got to literally grow the stuff. A lot of the time when I like compare my industry to other people, I say, you know, we're kind of like craft, uh, craft liquor, craft beer is very similar because you don't get these huge runs or whatever, where it's not like it's Bud Light or, you know, Budweiser or something like that, where it's like, Hey, let's just, you know, we do the same, we have our recipe and we just do batches and batches and batches and batches and it just keeps going. And it's always the same consistency with cannabis. You're literally growing a flower. It's the same thing when you go to the produce section and you're like, man, produce really sucks today at the grocery store. Sometimes the cannabis just really sucks in the store sometimes because it's like, shoot, there wasn't anything of that high caliber. But I would say in Washington, I I don't see that as often. People are actually pretty damn consistent. Yeah, definitely. Um, The biggest challenge that we have that Cinder as a whole is facing in New Mexico right now is sourcing the appropriate amount of biomass to actually satisfy our customer base. Um, There just isn't product on the market to meet the demand. I mean, they were expecting a nine to one return from medical to recreational users. And there was already a shortage of cannabis for the medical patients down there. So if you're going to multiply that by nine times and you have the same number of licenses on day one as you did back in medical, like it's just going to be really rough for a while. Um, We'll get there a hundred percent. I mean, 18 months from now, it's going to look way different. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, the price also, it's, it was like this in Washington too. Like, make no mistake, the Washington of seven years ago, as far as quality and pricing, it's not the Washington of today. And it's very similar to how New Mexico is right now. But I mean, good Lord, something that we sell for $40 on the shelf for a full gram, you're lucky if it's that price for a half gram down in New Mexico right now. I don't know how anyone affords to smoke the way we like to down there. It's crazy. Um, we can pay 75 cents a gram wholesale for a product in Washington. Turn that around on the retail side. The, you know, down there, something equivalent is probably $3,500 a pound, which is, you know, eight fifty a gram. Um, it's going to be tough, but we got this. <laughs> I think another contributing factor to uh, Washington and, and Colorado having kind of superior grows um, I think obviously it's a bit the time element of it, of the time of learning scalability, like you were talking about, but it's also investor money. It's because those our two states were the first states, that's where all of investor money mm-hmm. was being dumped into. And so when you have farms up here that can secure $20 million for a build out, <laughs> you yeah, know, that, true. that makes a huge, huge effect. Yeah, it was it was tough in Washington specifically. I'm not sure how Colorado was, but you couldn't accept out of state money mm-hmm. in Washington. So, it, it, I mean, people literally had to move their entire lives here just to qualify to actually spend money on cannabis in Washington. Um, recently, like very, very recently, Washington realized that there was this law written back in the 1900s that actually makes uh, laws like that where you prevent money from outside the state coming in is actually illegal. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so, the Constitution as well, too. Interstate Commerce Clause. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, that has definitely changed things in the last like eight or nine months for us. Uh, there's more money starting to come in. Uh, and it's one of the things New Mexico did right from the very beginning. They're like, we will accept out-of-state people. We will accept out-of-state money. Please bring money to our state. I think one of the things that was really cool about New Mexico was that they were also offering uh, loans to people to start cannabis businesses. And that's kind of been a huge hurdle for a lot of people is like, like, uh, our owner started it with the cashing out his 401k and, uh, he had some stocks or something like he that. He was all in. He yeah, pulled everything, everything that he had out, but li- it's like liquidated. Yeah. And it's like, but there are some people who have that idea and they don't have a 401k and it's like, they should be able to get that started too. Um, no, I think it's really cool. One of the coolest things, too, is all the micro businesses. And this is something very prevalent in California as well, too, which I think is where New Mexico literally just copy paste is uh, they allow for these micro businesses where you can grow from seed to sale. You're kind of limited by your size. So you can't say, yeah, I want to be a micro business and all of a sudden open up a Walmart. But they let them go and they can grow this cannabis themselves and kind of have a little bit more lax rules when it comes to zoning, a little bit more lax rules when it comes to some of the licensing process. And they're able to open up this like kind of more small mon operation. Uh, one thing that I think is really cool that I know we've chatted about a little bit is then they also allowed consignment. And so then that way this store, you know, like this little grower, Hey, you know, we don't have our storefront open yet. We're just trying to grow. We have six plants. 
they could uh, basically consign it to Cinder, New Mexico, and then we can sell it, and then you know they get the profits, we get that little bit of the portion mm-hmm. or whatever like that. And it what's kind of cool is it fills up our shelves, and then also their product gets sold. So it's kind of a cool way too. It, it's kind of the community thing again. Man, I sound so cheesy, but it goes to it. And it's like okay, that's awesome because it's like yeah, we are all kind of in this together, yeah. and it's nice because it lets people who don't have a four hundred one k or haven't been you know um, affluent or been lucky enough to be uh, born to some parents that were successful or, or uh, struck gold, whatever you know, and it let them kind of get into the game, which I think is huge because it kind of gets to it. I know one thing that gets talked about a lot is one day cannabis is going to go to big money. You know, mm-hmm. one day, when does Amazon open up their walk-in cannabis store, etc. cetera. Uh, and so it kind of allows other people uh, access into it and kind of gives them a piece of the pie. Yeah. yeah. If micro businesses do their business plan correctly mm-hmm. and they make sure that their profitability is where it needs to be to support their family, I think it's great. The problem is, and the dirty secret about micro mm-hmm. businesses is that most of them fail. Yeah. And most of them fail because they cannot compete with the price per gram that these large producers can mm-hmm. at economy of scale. Um, yeah. And don't get me wrong, I want every plant in the ground that can possibly be in the ground right now. But three years from now, those people are really going to struggle. And if they didn't do the business plan right up front and actually make the money while they could, they're going to put every dime that they have into something that cannot succeed. They just threw it in the oven at that point. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that is one thing that I've really seen a lot in cannabis is like, people are just like, well, it's cannabis. It just prints money. And it's like, no, this is a business. Like, and taxes like 50 fucking percent. So yeah. No, you don't like, uh, the government gets some money out of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's just odd that people are just like, well, you just make so much money. And it's like, well, if you plan correctly and you understand business and you understand profit margin and you understand that your discount rate can't be higher than your, uh, <clears throat> cost per item and it's just like there are so many things going into it to where it's just like one tiny slip up can just completely screw your business over and I think that a lot of people just instead of you know being like I'm gonna go into business and join weed it's like maybe take a, a couple more days on refining your business plan mm-hmm. watching some YouTube videos on how to file your taxes correctly totally oh YouTube's like, such a drug yep that is one of the things that like and this is kind of off topic but like on like Wall Street bets and like the other subreddits where it's like people are like so wait guys I have to pay taxes on the money that I made in the stock market and it's like yes you you don't just get money for free. Like the government wants your money. How many people do you think shit their pants when they're filling out their taxes on TurboTax this year and you get to the section that says, did you have any cryptocurrencies? Yeah, <laughs> yeah cause you have to jump through a bunch of hoops. You have to take your uh, thing from Coinbase and then you have to run it from Coinbase onto another program that can c- pump it out correctly. And it's just like, well, why didn't you take the fucking first PDF? And why did I have to pay another <laughs> company to make this? Th- Anyways, yeah. it's just all this <laughs> oh, bullshit. Keegan, huh? no, just, <laughs> just all that bullshit of just like, I don't know. There's just so much into this. And I, I hate showing up to places. Uh, there was one grow where like I walked in and the guy was like, yeah, I was an accountant before this. They told me I just needed a million dollars. And we're like walking by these bays and he's like, each of these bays is a million dollars. Oh my God. We're building our seventh one. We haven't made any money yet. And And I'm just like, yeah, you're, it doesn't sound like you're a very good accountant. (laughs) I don't know. Totally. You, I mean, yeah, it's, it's so hard. Like the, 
you're totally right. People thought that growing cannabis was essentially like building a money printing machine. There are people that are still operating seven years later that do not fucking know how much it costs them to produce a gram of cannabis. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how much it costs you to produce this gram of cannabis, how the fuck do you know what to sell it for? Totally. Exactly. It's it's absolutely maddening to me that people have spent millions of dollars to build out these high-end facilities and really honestly have no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, like, and you see so many farms go under because of it. And then you get some big retailer comes in with a big old check and some purchasing power and says, Hey, I'll buy everything you got for this price. That farmer gets really excited. Oh my gosh. I've never seen a check for $60,000. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. $60,000. That's like a whole year's salary for a lot of people. They go through, they sell it all. And then all of a sudden, wait, it cost me $120,000 to grow all that pot this year or whatever that I just sold for. And I haven't even paid my employees yet. Or even they profit $1,000 on that sale. And it's like, mm-hmm. you just sold six months worth of labor and production to make a grand. Totally. That's- I can make a grand selling stuff on Etsy tonight. Yeah. Wow. You should do that. Why are you here? You can make a, a thousand a day. I, uh, I fold some mean origami frogs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 My doodling skills are excellent. Yeah, I didn't know the market for origami frogs, frogs was that strong. Holy origami shit. thongs? Very high. <laughs> origami frogs? Uh, I mean, I bought one of your origami thongs, so. <laughs> yeah, how, does that work pretty well for you? you I mean, mean, I'm wearing work? it right now. You want to see? Yeah, <laughs> me too. Let's compare. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, uh, New, Me- New Mexico is going to be amazing for cannabis, the movement. I think New Mexico is going to be amazing for Cinder. Um, taxation down there is reasonable. Uh, I love that they started with a sliding scale. Mm-hmm. So initially, excise tax is only 12%. And most counties in New Mexico have an 8% sales tax. So total taxation on your cannabis is 20%. In Washington, it's more than double that. Yeah. Right. New Mexico also instituted a sliding scale. So every year that cannabis is legal, it will go up 1% and they capped it at 18%. Mm. 18% excise tax is so reasonable. Like I still think it's too much personally, but it's half of what Washington charges. And 18% is five or six years away from now. Like we can plan for that. The yeah. The market will adjust. The price of cannabis will come down. Um, you know, I, I honestly think that the uh, profitability market Margin will increase faster than the tax rate does. Um, and it lets people get off the ground and lets it get their feet stable instead of for some of these micro businesses, because you are right, they do face the hardest challenge of mm-hmm. it all, especially because a lot of them are just ma and pa who are like, let's try to get into this, right? Um, it gives them a chance to kind of get going before it gets a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think most people that don't have experience with large scale cultivation, that they think that growing is the most challenging and most labor intensive part of that. It's not even close to the case. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, you can be the best grower in the world. If you don't know how to cure the product, you stop. Like mm-hmm. you can ruin an entire crop that is gorgeous when you cut it down if you don't have the correct dry cure. Uh, the most labor intensive part of growing sellable jarable flour is trimming. And it's also one of the most skill intensive parts. And it's also the worst fucking job on the planet. But we need really good people that are highly skilled at that to do that. And then they get paid almost the lowest out of everybody in the industry. And then we wonder why sometimes like, well, this bud looks like shit. And it's like, well, you know, a skilled trimmer really can make that good cannabis look like good cannabis. A hundred percent. And that's why a lot of uh, people take shortcuts and I say take shortcuts, but really it's economy of scale, right? They do auto trimmers or machine trimmers and it works. You can do a lot I mean, of trimming. I got a washing machine too. We can throw some bud in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like 
you can do a lot of trimming very quickly with something like that, but you automatically reduce the quality of that product by at least a tier. You go from top shelf to mid shelf. Like, it, yeah, it, it is going to be wild to see what happens for sure. But it's kind of exciting. It's a whole wild west. Oh, it's of it extremely all. exciting. Especially looking at New Mexico, you're like, yeah, this actually literally is like the wild west out here sometimes. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> what I was just thinking. I was like, we're in the wild west, in the wild west. Totally. So uh, look for our little RV out in the middle of the desert <laughs> where we're making cannabis. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going to sell a lot of blue dream. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There it is. Man. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing though that uh, you know you're right Mitch though where we kind of talked about it like the edibles are so exciting like that and we've seen some cool stuff in Washington I remember we had like edible Cheez-Its for a while uh, there was the tomato soup that was like a dry packet and you would mix it and you make tomato soup uh, but what do you guys like I, I want to know around the table what would be your like ideal dream like ooh if we could get edible this would be the coolest thing ever we can't share it that's proprietary information and we're going to make a million dollars okay there we go yeah. <laughs> well okay then how about aside from that yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean the edible jerky thing, I think, is big for me. Um, just to have, you know, alternatives to sugar. That's mm -hmm. pretty cool. Um, I am really excited that suckers are back. That was uh -huh. one of the products that I missed in uh, from the medical days in Washington was mm -hmm. having a 50 milligram sucker. Like, that is awesome. Um, See, for me, one product that I always thought would be so cool, and I brought this, I mean, it's like years ago, and I always bring this up, is like string cheese. I fucking love string cheese. I literally demolish packages of string cheese. And if I could have edible string cheese, whether that's 10 milligrams for the whole thing or 100, I don't give a fuck. I just want to eat some string cheese and get high off of it. That's yeah. dangerous, though. I've seen infused cereal, which ooh, I love ooh, for ooh, Wake and Bake. Ooh, yeah. yeah. And then you need one of those cereal bowls where it also has like the bowl attachment yeah, on the exactly. side. You do that whole gimmicky shit. Yeah. Uh... Um, there was a, a product that I got in Vegas that I thought was really kind of cool. I think I was talking about this where it literally looked like they just went to Costco and bought just like a bag of like the free, uh, freeze dried peaches or whatever. And then they went and they had a little blotch paper and each blotch paper had like 10 milligrams on it. And they just put that blotch paper almost like, you know, like I'm going to say maybe like acid paper and they just threw it on each of the different fruits. And uh, there was just the one sticker on there. So it didn't matter the size of that freeze dried peach or whatever the fruit was. You would know that it's still going to be 10 milligrams because that's all it was. And it's tasteless dissolves it's whatever there but i thought that that was really cool and at that point i mean that opens up the realms of anything fuck throw that in a pistachio and i got edible pistachios i can crack open i think a uh full-size candy bar that is you know like you would purchase like a full-size like snickers or whatever yeah, yeah. and it's like you could purchase a 10 milligram 20 30 up to 100 milligrams because we can't go higher um but i always thought that that would be perfect because like it's like, you know, like it's some of them, bar, yeah. yeah, it's like uh, some of these candies are really good and it's, it's, you know, like the size of your pinky and it's like, I don't want more than 10 milligrams, but I also want more than a pinky <laughs> size <laughs> filling I'm, of that. I'm a hungry man. Yeah. Although ice cream, I think I, that is ice like cream. the number one thing that like. I've always been like, I want fucking weed infused ice cream. Nobody's like, I want weed infused spinach. They're like, no, I want ice cream. Yeah, yeah, ice cream. <laughs> Can I get a salad that gets me high? Well, how about some ice cream, buddy? I mean, that might be a good idea. That wouldn't be too bad. Well, you could do like ooh. croutons, croutons or salad dressing. Yeah, yeah salad, salad dresser. dressing. The dressing would totally be it. And that'd be easy. That's like, have you guys seen the show uh, Bong Appetit? Yeah. And uh, on Bong Appetit, they'll always do that. And then they're like, yeah. And then for the people who really want to get it, uh, our uh, chili sauce is where all of it is. So if you want a little spice and a little extra high, you just eat this. And it's like, holy fuck. And then you see them sitting around there. And there's always the people who are very modest. They'll do like one scoop. And there's that one homie that just walks up and pours the whole thing on his yeah. bowl and says, fuck it. That's the move. That's the move. That's uh, the move. Hutch, what do you think? Yeah. What would be your. So, 
that I was I was kind of struggling with that. Yeah. Honestly, like cookie dough is my go to, which even in Washington we have cookie dough. Yeah, yeah. So so that's not like new. Um uh, an edible like beer would be cool. Oh, like, you I can th- do gnarly uh, soda. Gnarly soda. Uh, yeah. And this is yeah. where I'm sad to admit Maine uh, over there, way across the fucking nation. Uh, you can do alcohol and THC together over there. Mm-hmm. And all so, 14 of their residents are all having the shit. <laughs> every single one. Yeah. All right, shit stain, Maine. No, no, no. But yeah. <laughs> That would be, see, that would be nice. And that's always the thought too, is I know we've all always talked about it. I was like, wouldn't it be sick if I could be at a bar and as I'm sitting here sipping my beer, they can serve me my joint as well and everything. That's always been what it is. I always thought that'd be fun, but if you're not smoking weed, you don't like that. You don't want to be. Yeah, you don't place. really want to be here. It, it's such a, it, it becomes so niche at that point because it's like, yeah, you have to like drinking and smoking, yeah. which I would say a lot of the time in mm-hmm. my experiences, especially working in the weed industry, there's a lot of smokers that are just like, I don't like to drink. You know what I mean? And that's very common and acceptable. I would say at that point. Flip side, there's a lot of people that drink that are like, no, fuck, get that devil's lettuce out of and here. They're all in Idaho. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I, I think that that cuts one way though. I think as. Uh, person that prefers cannabis i wouldn't mind being at a bar with my friends that were drinking and smoking cannabis right yeah i think that if you're a beer only kind of person keegan's right yep probably don't want to be around somebody smoking but i don't know if it'd be that niche no i think no yeah let's point out a good point there because i would say there's a lot of the times when i wasn't much of a drinker and i was just a smoker and it would still be like well i still am with you guys and we're still getting inebriated and now it's at the point where I cannot think of a time that I've been drunk and not cross now at this point, because it's like, yeah, I just always am going to smoke. If I'm, if I'm getting fucked up, we're smoking. I think, uh, beer, you could easily convert a lot of beer drinkers into becoming weed snobs just because hops are so close to cannabis yeah. that it's just, and I it's, think you just start getting, you know, it's like, uh, like I got into, uh, like whiskey and bourbon and stuff. And it, like you were saying, you know, like. Uh, cannabis is a lot like, you know, like small like batch craft, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, all I ever think about cannabis now is I'm like, this is a small batch bourbon that is barrel specific. Mm-hmm. Just think of it like that. You will never be able to find this again, but you will always be able to buy, you know, uh, dry flies four year age bourbon. But this one is specifically aged in oak barrels that were originally cased with, uh, you know, uh, Mary Hill wineries, uh, uh, fucking wine and shit. You know, you're never gonna get this again. Just yeah. like with weed, you're never gonna get this weed again because homie forgot to replace one bulb in an LED light, and that one bulb was the thing that actually helped everything. <laughs> I need to drink bourbon with Keegan. I know. Oh, and I was like, my uh, my liquor experience is like, where's the tequila at? And uh, is it Jose Cuervo? Yeah, right well. Here, yeah. well, please. Yeah, that's it. It's like, how do you like drinking well? It's like, oh, you like drinking well? No, 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 just whatever's in the well. Yeah. No, I definitely appreciate nicer kind of small batch liquor as well. Mm -hmm. And I I do think that that is born of cannabis for sure. Um, Back before the industry, just smoking whatever my guy could get me. um, It was whatever whiskey was the cheapest. Right. Right. Now, not so much. I like the Red Breast 12 year Irish whiskey. Oak cask. Is that in a plastic bottle or glass? <laughs> definitely not in a plastic range. bottle. <laughs> Holy shit. No, no. It's like the, the bottle itself is a piece of art. Uh, once you guys kind of joined the industry, were you kind of a weed, I'm going to say weed snob just for all intents and purposes at that point, or did you grow more into appreciating the finer things in cannabis? 
I think we were a little spoiled in college. Yeah. Because our uh, wax dealer could usually get us three or four options, Ooh. different consistencies. Uh-huh. So I, I, so you were I, used to I it. think that in college was start when I started being. <laughs> I turned a nose to that. That's and, too dark for my liking. And then you know I got into the industry, and then you you become more of a snob. And then you get to a point where all your snobbiness kind of dissipates, at yeah. least for me. I would say <laughs> I was, so. I don't know. What's rolled up? Yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> and you get to the point where you also then kind of appreciate for what it is. And you're just like, well, I know how this was made and I'm okay with this. And it's going to get the job done. And I recognize that if whether I go to the store and this random, you know, joint that I'm about to smoke that just is three. Okay. My $3 joint, whether it is blue dream, Dutch treat or whatever, I'm probably going to get pretty close to the same high off this stuff right here. Yeah. yeah I'm a snob for cannabis now that I mm-hmm. am in the same way I am for alcohol. Like I still, my daily driver, my go-to for whiskey is still just like the basic Jameson label. Mm-hmm. I Yum. certainly consider price point for what I'm smoking more now than I ever have. So I can appreciate something that wouldn't be like your heady, snobby kind of first pick um, because it wasn't 45 to $50 an eighth, right? I can comfortably smoke 25 and $30 eighth quality product and be happy with that because I didn't spend $50 on that shit. Um, I'm definitely not somebody that only smokes high end uh, product at this point. Um, if I have a choice that is my preference, but I'll smoke fucking anything. I'll, I will smoke one of those dollar joints we had for four twenty. Totally. No question. I might Amen. T- yeah, I might only take two hits and be like, mm, I'm good, thank never, you. But never mind. I'll give it to the horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. But uh, it's it's nuanced snobbiness. Uh, when you guys go other places now, and this is where we want to get with it, and then you have a bud tender experience elsewhere, do you guys find yourselves getting more annoyed at being like butt tended on than you used to? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Man, Keegan was shaking his head heavy, and I got to remember uh, when I first started out here at Cinder, and I was working in the stores, and Keegan came in one time, and I knew that you'd come in, and you kind of you get your sativas, and I knew this, and you like stuff that's clean. I don't know who told me this. Thanks, Tanner or somebody who said all this. But uh, I remember this, and you came in, and I was like, ooh, I want to try to help Keegan out because I like to think I'm kind of a good salesman, or at least I'm a fun talker, and so let me see what I can do for you. And then I remember I got started in the process, and I started sweating bullets, and I was like, why did I try to do this? Why was I like, hey, let me go sell it to Keegan? A little bit, too. I thought I was getting secret shopped in a sense, and it wasn't at all, but it was just like, uh-oh, am I going to lose my job because I suck right now or something? But I remember that, and it's like almost like you know the stress of that. But on the flip side now, whenever I go into the stores, I kind of feel bad for the bud tenders because they get almost like a little nervous when I'm there buying. And I get a little annoyed sometimes because I'm like, that's not what I said I wanted. And after doing it for so long, you just know how it is. And especially knowing what's available. Yeah, it extends beyond bud tending. Yeah. Like the sender has ruined other people's customer service for Mm -hmm. me. Like I never used to notice when we'd have a bad waitress or waiter. Never. Like, it wouldn't cross my mind. Standard tip, whatever. Now I'm a fucking asshole. Like, if your service doesn't meet my fucking hoity-toity standard, you're lucky if I tip you 5%. You like, sat me without water in your hand already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the other side of that, when I get great customer service, I seriously appreciate it because it is on the rare side to get truly A-grade customer service uh, from anywhere. Um, but, yeah, there are, there are shops I do not, I mean, I really only shop at Cinder, but there, if I'm in a desperate situation, mm-hmm. there are shops I just fucking don't go to because yeah. I'm like, ah, you are not going to get me what I'm looking for, period. Yeah, totally. 
No, I, I feel that a lot. And I, I remember a lot what it was is there was one year and this was when I, I was actually working at a different cannabis shop before Cinder. This was a little while ago and I went to another third competitor of all this and uh, I went in there and it was like my birthday or around that time and I had a crisp Benjamin and I was ready to blow this on the nicest gram of oil that I could get because I'm a big dabber and I was like, you know, I went in there and this was right when like a isolate and crystals were really popping off and it was diamonds and sauce was just like the juiciest thing in the world and like all this live resin and terp sauce and stuff wasn't really there yet. It was diamonds and stuff. So I go in and uh, I blah, 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 wait in line. The butt tender calls me over and I'm kind of talking. I was like, yeah, you know, it's my birthday or whatever it was. And it's like, I want to get like a really nice gram of oil. And she shows me like a $25 gram of oil and was like, man, this is some of the best stuff we have right now. And I said, bullshit. No, it's not. And I was working at the other cannabis shop. So I've seen a lot of stuff. And I was like, well, what else do you want? Some, I want something more crystally. And then so she goes and just grabs like a sugar wax. And for all the listeners out there, you know, sugar wax, that's not just straight diamonds or something. That's just kind of like a muddled puddle of it all. No, 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 no. So I sat there and she showed me all these other products that were like 40 bucks and stuff. And the whole thing too is I told her right away, I got a hundred bucks to blow and I want one gram of oil. I want the nicest thing. It finally goes and I had to look through it all. And God forbid, I went with one of my least favorite farms, but it was just because they had their double dippers where you get the half gram of the isolate and the half gram of the HTE. Yeah, Mitch is shaking his head because he knows who they are. I would have left. I, totally. <laughs> I would have gone somewhere else. Totally, and it pissed me off. Well, at that point too, you're kind of just like, you're there and you're kind of like, well, whatever, I'll just buy from here. And I know my store doesn't sell because I worked for a cheap shop. Fuck that place. And so it goes and I was like, you know, <laughs> fuck that place. But it went and uh, I just wanted something nice. And I thought that this was going to be the place that would get it for me. And so I ended up buying some fucking panda double dipper garbage and it was like it, it's like 80 bucks too and so you're like there, there you go take my money and I just remember that so vividly when I go to other shops I almost have a hard time and I have like a little PTSD and I seize at the door because I'm like am I gonna get this terrible service again which is why I do love shopping with Cinder because then I feel a little less bad with our own bud tenders where I'm like come on I know we got some desauce in the back or something where I'm like come on just milk it out for me yeah I think the worst is when uh you go to a place that's like brand new, like um, I'll just. So when I went to Vegas, uh, I went and shopped at a few different stores and some of them were OK, but one had just opened and um, it was like <laughs> it was off strip. But like, you know, like when you look at the map of things in Vegas, you're like, oh, well, I mean, like it's like it's two blocks. You know, and but so that two blocks counts. Right. Yeah, that two blocks in Vegas off strip is a very hard two blocks. And so we got there and it's just like you're immediately just like, oh, this is not a comfortable place. But then you walk in and it's like, oh, it's very nice, you know, but the outside's scary. And I went in there and I was like, all right, I am going. My favorite thing to do when I go to Vegas is to walk the entire strip. I will go to uh, MGM. And I will walk all the way to the Bellagio, or not the Bellagio, the uh, the Wynn. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite thing. I have to do that every single time I go to Vegas. And this is the first time that you could do it while it's legal weed. And so oh. I'm like, oh, this is going to be it. And so I like go to the butt tender. I'm like, all right, man, I am going on my journey. I'm going to be walking the street, going all the way from MGM all the way up to the Wynn. I was like, I want your best infused pre-roll, something that's going to get me really going and everything. And he was just like, yeah, I don't know. Like we got nightmare cookies. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I was like, I, no, I want something that's like real uppity. Like what would you do if, you know, you're going to go out and walk the Vegas strip and stuff. And he's like, yeah, nightmare cookies. I don't know. And I'm just, this one was pretty good last time, I guess. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I just like kept giving him every single angle I could think of to try and like, 
help him try and shop for me because it's a new place, so I don't know any brands or anything. And it was just, like, the worst experience of just, like, I man, please don't try and sell me just the nightmare cookies-infused joint that you only have. Like, if you don't have a good pre-roll that's infused, show me some other things. But that just... But it was the end of the line for him right there. Yeah, he exactly. was like, well, here's what it is. Yeah. Do you should sell life insurance because afterwards you can go kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, I've never seen someone so depressed to sell weed Especially before. Especially in a pot shop because that's the one thing that I got to say is it is kind of a sexy job. And a lot of people get very excited when they yeah. uh, join the company. And man, how many times do we have customers too? All the time. Every customer a little bit is just like, yeah, I could work for you guys. I could do this. And wholeheartedly, they probably could. But there's also a lot of them where it's like, you don't realize what you actually have to go through. Plus, I know I've said it before here on the podcast. It's a memory game is what it is. You got to remember everything that's in store like Mitch was saying too it's like well he brought it all in so he knew for me I haven't been in the store in a year so I'm just like um I have weed somewhere around here yeah you're studying the slip that we're giving to customers like oh that is a good deal oh, Shit. Yeah. Oh, can I get one of those set aside for myself yeah, here it's like, I can get you some weed I'll look between the couch cushions I can pull some out yeah yeah I, oh man I think part of what makes customer service at other shops so difficult too is that we have such a heavy focus on education and mm-hmm. knowing so much about each of our products. It's not even necessarily that they're doing bad customer service. It's that they just don't know the product like what we're accustomed to. So when we say, yeah, I want something uplifting. I want something that's good for a walk. I want, uh, you know, this really nice, bright sativa. They might not actually know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah it's just we, we, we set such a high standard for what customer service means to us going to other places. I think we're just kind of set up to be let down. I think that's another uh, thing that comes into just the length of time that our industry has been open. It's Oh yeah. We weeded through some of that. You can't do that in New Mexico. I I tried. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we have two sativas, two hybrids, two indicas. Take your fucking pick. Like, And that's old school days, which is which one looks the best. Yeah. Oh, and honestly, that is how I shopped while I was down there because I figured if I this shop, looks significantly, well, I mean, yeah. to some extent, being able to smell weed in New Mexico, <sighs> so awesome. Like, no, no. so fucking awesome. And that truly, that is totally correct. The nose mm. always knows. Uh, I like it stinky and funky, kind of gross. I like, like I wouldn't want to smell this smell anywhere else besides cannabis, but I know that strain's going to do it right. Um, yeah, that, that was my favorite part of the shopping experience in New Mexico, for sure, is that I could smell the weed before I bought it. That stinky garbage smell where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, my God, this is like four-week-old wet garbage. Oh, this, this is, is like going to be good. Did I just walk into a retirement home? <laughs> is this the gym locker room? And is that old 60 year old man who seems to always be pantsless, just take off his socks finally for the week. It's like, yeah, that smell. I want that right there. That's exactly. some fucking grunge. That's some grime. <laughs> why, why is it that every single gym has to have some old guy walking around naked? They hire them. Did you know this? Actually, this is like a real thing. So they go out there and they walk on the street. No. <laughs> but it feels like it where there's just that one guy who's been a little too comfortable his whole life and he's he's you know he's past his prime but he's in the prime of this yeah and this is the time for him just to you know he kind of takes it all out you know embrace the world and kind of pops one leg up gets his captain morgan out a little bit and he just kind of shows it off and you walk in there because you have to take a piss and you're like actually i'll pee when i get home now (laughs) yeah Yeah, i I think the reason that things like that hold on for so long is because asshats like me at 30 look up to it and say 
someday. So, <laughs> and then you hit that point and you're like, today's that day. Do you think you know when that day is? Do you think you like wake up and you're like, I think I'm gonna bear my fruit to the gym today. I think when you're in the gym and you hit the right age it's and the moment. you just, you yeah, there's just this light bulb that goes <gasps> off and you're like, today's the day that I hang fruit. <laughs> Does it kind of come to when you're like, you know, you're signing up for the gym and you're going through the contract and it's like, yes, I will not throw my weights at the mirror and shit like that. And then it goes and it's like, if you're above the age of X, you can now. <laughs> Public indecency is a little less indecent, apparently, as we're talking about it freely. Yeah. Yeah. Man. What else are you excited for about New Mexico? I mean, it's a laundry list, right? Like, Okay. Dude, Albuquerque has zoos and aquariums, and I think that that's kind of cool coming from Spokane that has cattails. And and, public consumption. And and public consumption and consumption lounges. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Consumption lounges are going to be tricky. I think it's going to be fun, though. I'm going to... Man, there's a a lot of legality to it, and there's a lot of um, headaches and hurdles, uh, you know, ventilation and airflow, and also then at the same time, too, ventilation means not just dumping smoke out into the atmosphere outside because that's not what they want. All of that aside, let's say, man, I'm just excited because I think it is going to be really cool to go to like a pool hall and be able to just to be served joints. Cause that's how it is too. They serve you. And the butt tenders actually have to have a license and they go through training for it. So they kind of aren't, no, it's almost more like a bartender with a liquor license at that point. And they're able to come to you and kind of help you out. And so I think that that is going to be so fun because it's like, man, between going to the arcade or the pool house or whatever like that, fuck, you know, the, it's limitless what you could almost do at that point. Shoot. We could just have a random podcast studio that's set up where people can come and record their own podcast. And we just got joints on the table for you to smoke while you do it. That would be hilarious. Record it for your birthday and send it out to all your family. Whatever. You know, it's like, that'd be fun. That could be a cool thing. There's so many good options. Even then, as I say it, like the birthday uh, potential at that point too, where it's like people want to have their birthdays and stuff. You know, you're 21 and you do your 21 run right now. Now it's going to be, oh, I'm 21. I want to hit all the consumption lounges. How fun will that be? Or even reserving a consumption lounge for a party that you're going to have. Karaoke? Fucking exactly. A karaoke lounge where you just smoke and then everybody sings like one song and we're all kind of too high and awkward afterwards and we're like, do you guys want to play like Mario? Yeah, 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 (laughs) for sure. Now, uh, we uh, did this event uh, back in the day. This might have been three years ago now, but the Cannon Olympics. And uh, the, you know, it, it is just like, how fucked up can we get these 20 teams of three people (laughs) and make them do ridiculous shit. Like, I mean, we had a polar plunge, like you had to sit in a uh, kiddie pool full of ice water. Um, You know, we uh, all got eighths that we had to consume while we're doing all these other events, right? Um, Our friend Hutch here, he was the main referee. He was the uh, master of ceremonies. The, uh, yeah, (laughs) the bastard that got us all panicked. At the very end, there was the opportunity for bonus points to do karaoke in front oh, of everyone. And this isn't like the prime karaoke like era for me. I couldn't fucking do it. I oh. could not. I absolutely was like, I am going to fucking have a full-blown panic attack out there, fall over, blacked out. <laughs> Who went up there and they chose the ultimate karaoke song of it all? If you are afraid to sing karaoke, but you have to, the song you sing is Tequila. Because there's only one word you got to remember. And we all love that word. Uh, who was that? Do you remember? That was Daniel Spitz. Yes, it was. Yep. Spitz, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. No, Brilliant. That, that was a lot of fun. I remember uh, I had just joined Cinder shortly before all that started. And uh, literally, it's like during orientation, uh, the general manager at the time of the store, she pops in and she's like, hey, by the way, would you do this Can Olympics thing? And I'm like, Can Olympics? Okay, already sounds tight, but okay, what is this? And it's like, well, we do like a smoking competition. I'm like, 
okay, my competitive spirit kind of flares a little bit. She's like, well, there's a team and, uh, you know, so-and-so is not going to do it anymore. And so they need one more person. Would you do it? Oh, hell yeah, let's do it. So you meet with your team and you go through it all. And uh, from the prior Can Olympics, it was kind of set up where one person was a flower smoker, one was the oil smoker, and one was the edible consumer. So my two partners, assuming it would be the same again, were like, you're doing edibles, buddy. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. And so I went into it where I already knew that I was going to have to down a bunch of edibles. The whole rule too that I really like that Cinder did is you have to have your ride prearranged. Nobody's driving themselves because you're getting intoxicated. Let's be safe. And so I had my buddy set up to pick me up and everything like that. And I remember we get in there and I'm just ready to start pounding edibles, do what I got to do to win my team as many points as possible. Ate like a good lunch with a lot of carbs so that way I can soak some stuff up or whatever. And it gets going and it was not that way anyways. But what I loved is we had the little, the bucket of extra points. Remember that with Cam and he was oh walking out that? Oh my God, yeah. Oh, so Trevor just walks up and I'm fully prepared. And this is something not too unusual for me was, oh, is that a infusion in there? And so everything else, there was like, you could smoke a joint would be worth like maybe like a point and you could do like a, like a 10 milligram edible was worth like half a point. And these infusions fusion vials are 100 milligrams and so for that he was like I don't know he's like this is like because it's 100 milligrams like seven and a half eight points or whatever so I was like okay I took it just rip it open right there and you just down it I mean it's one ounce of liquid gone and then he I kind of like okay what else do we got is that another infusion he's like okay yes but you have to do it with your team and you got to walk away right now because I was prepared just to start downing those things (laughs) Um, the other thing too we had the jugs of CBD that was pretty cool oh my god yeah a gallon of water with a thousand milligrams of CBD oh my gosh I've never felt like jello (laughs) yeah you're Everything was made of rubber after that. And the literal opening ceremony for this oh, event yes. was a, a cracker covered in distillate. Totally. <laughs> and and I think we all had a joint we had to smoke as well because yeah. we lit the joints and we went through that. Um, thinking about the other rooms too. Actually, I think this would have been my favorite room though. I mean, like like downing all the infusions, that was funny and that was great, was the Mario Kart room. I loved that. <laughs> we did time trials of Mario Kart. There's three laps, three people on a team. Each person gets one lap to do the time trial, which is perfect when it comes to record keeping. Brilliant. Uh, but what it was is you had two half gram joints that you had to smoke down before you could take your lap. And it was almost like Birio Kart at that point. And I just remember everybody sitting there and like, None of the smoke was almost getting inhaled. You were just chiefing it down. You're yeah. just trying to help it burn, and you're just sitting there chimneying it until finally they would just be like, all right, that's enough. Just go. And then you do your lap real quick. And I remember, too, I was just like, oh, yeah, I got a lot of confidence. I play Mario Kart all the time. I know what to do. Well, after you've been, like, smoking all night already, and this was my last event of it all, too. <laughs> so we finally sit there, and I take the controller, and I go through, and I'm doing my lap. And the team was just literally like, Trevor, you fucking suck. And I was like, no! Because this was the one thing I was talking up the whole time, and it finally comes to it, and I'm like, sorry, guys, brain's barely working right now. <laughs> that was fun. It was. I wish we could... I'm sure we can't do that again, but... The lawyer says no. Yeah. <laughs> we should have an unofficial one or something. Yeah. Those were fun. Uh, the very first one I participated in, and the second one I just reffed in and took mm-hmm. photos for... Uh, on the first team, I was supposed to be with all of, like, the general managers, and Hutch at the time was a general manager, so he couldn't do it because he was the, the head MC. And then uh, one of the other managers decided that they weren't going to do it, so I was doing it with the current North Store manager, and uh, we got so fucked up. <laughs> like, I have... Like, besides that first time I got super high, I've never been that high. Like, I remember people's heads... We're like, I did an ad one time where I made someone's head really big and I was like, oh, that's funny. I remember getting so fucked up that I saw people's heads that big and like, <laughs> I'd be like, bobblehead. yeah, and I'd have to like try and like squeeze by people and I'd be like, whoa, man, I'm really sorry. <laughs> and I'm just like trying to squeeze by them and they're like, 
what the fuck are you doing? And they're like, hey, I knew I put on a few pounds over winter break. You don't want to call me out on it. No. No, and at that time, I had just lost a bunch of weight, too. And so, like, I didn't realize, like, the proportion sizes were different. So, like, probably, like, beforehand, my gut probably would have been close enough to where it would have been fine. But now I'm like, okay, guys. Got two feet of room between you and them. Yeah. Yeah. You're on the other side of the room, and they're like, what was that? Could you say that again? Uh, (laughs) And then, uh, Mitch, you got, you and Mindy dressed up as old people, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then... Speaking of balls hanging out. No, sh- okay. that, that was, was good. That was round two. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> the second one, um, we we won the first one. My team won the first one. We dressed up as uh, geriatrics, and it went really well, so we decided to do that again, but we couldn't just do it again. We had to one-up it, so I decided to get some nylons and put a couple golf balls in one of those and hang that out of the bottom of a diaper. <laughs> It, yeah, it got some attention. <laughs> People still talk about it. People who don't even know that that was an event know what that photo is. Yeah, I, I think Tori has a video or pictures of that still. I'm sure you do, too. I've got some video. Yeah. Well, not anymore. The hard drive died. Uh, uh, can we just have this as a thumbnail for this episode? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was never intended to go public, but yeah, it was it was a good time. <laughs> so uh, check out Mitch's OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Grandpa Haynes. Hangs brain. (laughs) (laughs) The new unofficial member of the lemon party. (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, my God. All right, guys. So what would be three celebrities? So the original question was going to be, what are three celebrities that you would like to meet or you would be sad if uh, you met them or if they died and you didn't get to meet them, correct? Mm -hmm. I think it should be, what are the three celebrities that are not the obvious like Snoop Dogg that you would want to smoke weed with. Okay. Okay. Because like everyone obviously wants to smoke weed with Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Willie Nelson. Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Yeah. Those obvious people because they're the the classic stoner people. But who are low-key the ones that you're like, I bet getting high with them would be really fun. Do they have to be alive still? or No, they can be dead. They can be dead. Any celebrity historical figure. Whatever you want. Uh, I will give you guys a minute to think. Can can we cue the Jeopardy music? Yeah. (laughs) Or Geo Party? Yeah. I had one so fast where I was like, yes, this person. And then the other two, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. My first one was pretty immediate, but. Yeah, I'm having trouble with the third one. Ooh. I thought you'd almost have them pre-prepared. No. Uh I, I thought about it while I was asking the question. I was like, I don't want to do the meat one because people always do that one. And then you can't do the like, oh, I'd like to smoke with Snoop Dogg. Like, that's not a good answer. I honestly don't want to smoke with Snoop Dogg because there's no way I can keep up. Oh, yeah. I would just feel bad. And then I'd be like, yeah, so what do you like to listen to? I like to listen to your music. <laughs> <laughs> that is the question. What does Snoop Dogg listen to when he's rolling up? Does he listen to himself? He's totally. He's like, no, actually, I, I like to listen to something like Johnny Cash. <laughs> oh man, the the real secret is, is Snoop Dogg doesn't roll up. He has a full time roll does. up for him. I know. I applied for that position. So <laughs> I wish. Man, those gears are turning hard man, over there. <laughs> I feel like I'm missing someone good. I heard this really good burn the other day, and what it was is, uh, you seem like the type of person where your teacher always handed you your test face down. <laughs> <laughs> 
it goes on rare insults on it, Reddit it, for it sure. Is, yes. Yeah. Would you like us to go? And yeah, then, yeah, you're more okay. than welcome to. I've right. got I've got three answers. I just don't know if, you were if one of them is my final. Okay, we'll yeah, we'll no. start going, and right. you can decide if it stays or not. All right. Um, all, since I asked, I'll start quickly. I apologize to my beautiful wife, but Anna Kendrick. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I Let feel me. like Anna Kendrick is that one celebrity that like I might have a shot with. Hey, my name's <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> I live in Spokane, Anna. <laughs> yeah, we got some healthy competition between the yeah. two of you. All right. <laughs> um, th- and I've been told that she's like on my list, so. I'm told that it's fair game, so. Oh, nice. Uh, and then I have Thomas Jefferson, because nice. I think he just came up with a fuck ton of shit. And then uh, you gave it to me, but Johnny Cash. Yes. That guy was just so crazy, and it would just be like, so, like, what was that like being, like, the original rock star? Totally. Well, and I feel like just being able to even, like, I don't know, talk to him, let alone smoke with him. It's yeah. like, oh, I just feel so, like, enriched and enlightened by the end of it. Like, I, you wouldn't even call me Trevor anymore. I need to go by a different name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what um, you got, Trev? My, uh, w- what I'm looking at. Okay, first and foremost, this is the one I wrote down immediately. Martha Stewart. You motherfucker. Oh, yeah. That is Take on it. my list. Take it. Oh, <laughs> baby. Uh, because, A, I'm pretty sure she smokes. I mean, we've seen these commercials with Young Gravy and stuff. She's been out there. But also, it's just like, you know she would make you such good food. I would cry. I would probably cry from just it touching my taste buds. They would explode into happiness, and the rest is history. We're uh, twinning so hard right now. So I, I, I had her in there. Uh, for my second one, you know, th- this kind of came, and I immediately was like, yes, very similar to kind of like the Thomas Jefferson of somebody who's just like so brilliant, is Phil Spencer. He is the head of Xbox for Microsoft. Uh, he is really what turned around after the Xbox One was kind of flopping with the Kinect and everything. He came in and said, no, we're going to do this right. Uh, and he was kind of the creator of Game Pass and all this stuff, and he's just such a, I think, just a badass in the gaming world aside from the fact that he actually plays xbox and there's all these stories and accounts and videos where people randomly be playing like rainbow six siege or minecraft and all of a sudden phil spencer's is playing with you and i'm like that's tight so he would be it and then i was sitting there and i was kind of struggling for a little bit i was like man what's going to be my third one i only get to choose three and then uh funny enough it's almost uh, on the same note as your anna kendrick's where this is my one celebrity is ryan reynolds now i'm a very straight guy but if i had a chance with ryan reynolds uh, so i would love to spend time with him because i think he is just such a such a funny guy and i think him and i would get along really well so anna ryan if you guys know each other and want to know me my name is trevor no 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 no. but uh uh, no i think that that those would be my three right there and i am very happy with those choices you want to be the cream in the vanilla cream oreo yeah (laughs) all right mitch hit me with your martha stewart (laughs) i'm so mad you took that uh okay so number one for me Rest in peace, Robin Williams. Um, uh, R.I.P. Yes. That motherfucker, I guarantee he'd be a blast and a half to smoke weed with. Mm-hmm. Like, just the his the way his brain worked, his stand-up comedy, all of that, I guarantee you'd have a great time, have a deep conversation. Um, number two for me, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Ooh, oh, that's oh, a good answer. Yeah, like, smoking weed with that guy, looking up at the start, like, I only want to smoke weed with him at night, on a clear night. Like, <laughs> 100%, I want to talk about all that shit out there, high as fuck. Um, and then, uh, this will never happen, but uh, Ash Ketchum. Oh! Oh! oh, my God! Can you imagine getting high with him and talking about Pokemon? Woo! Do you think that, like, you just use Charizard's tail as your light, and you're just kind of like, oh, my Definitely. God. You're yes. so right. 100%. 100%. You're, you're like, so Squirtle, right. I need a little bit more water in my bomb. Yeah. Totally hook it up. Oh, this is perfect. So, 
never have to have a lighter and you always have water for dry mouth. This is perfect. So, oh my God, you're literally set. Totally. And then you do the whole thing where you get very anime and you become one with Greninja and now you create your own water. <laughs> Sorry, that's always like the one weird part where like Pokemon kind of went where they're like, yeah, we're going to kind of do that whole thing where like the person fuses and with the Pokemon. It was like, yeah, guys, maybe not. But uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, a runner up for Ash Ketchum was Barack Obama before he was president. Oh, when he was still Barry. Shit. Hutch, what about you? All right. So my brain went to individuals that do consume cannabis but aren't your your normal majors. Yeah, exactly. So immediately, my first one was uh, R.L. Grime. Oh, who is my favorite producer and DJ uh, because he makes bangers. And it would be fun to that hang out with so him. So fun, but you know he's very, very much in like the cannabis scene. Um, so that was my first. Uh, second would be Tom Segura. Oh, uh, because it would be hilarious. But I don't want to hang out with ten milligram Tom. I want to hang out with like forty milligram Tom. <laughs> fair, <laughs> totally fair. Just so he's slightly uncomfortable, but can still hold his shit together. All right. Uh, and third, uh, a. Big fan of hers. Riley Reed is a huge fan of hers. Yeah, that, that might be a neat afternoon. <laughs> I, I think that could be some fun. <laughs> as long as she doesn't make you listen to her album. Yeah, no. Oh, did she put out an album? Oh, yeah, she's a rapper. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. She, and I'll leave it. Yeah. She <laughs> uses the N word gratuitously, and it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God damn. Oh, she needs to take a note from Will Smith there. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, that's a very strong pick there at the end. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she beat out. Uh, so actually, uh, Anna Kendrick, when you said that, I was like, that's better. Because the, the other option I had was uh, Run the Jewels. Oh, oh, I do like me some RTJ. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. saw them in concert once. I really like those guys. Yeah. Yeah, that would that would be a fun one too. But that would be. Riley Reed sounded like more fun. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that would be a little bit more fun. <laughs> Maybe. Be, maybe. <laughs> maybe. No, no, not, okay. So, like, n- I know what you guys are obviously alluding to, but, like, just fucking picking her brain. <laughs> Actually, though, just fucking picking her brain. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. That's the last one. <laughs> That's so good. What was it the last time, too? Where was, oh, what would you do if you were in a room for 24 hours? <laughs> Can I bring Riley? No, okay, we're done. (laughs) Oh, that's funny, boys. That's a good one. That is a good one. I would like to throw a bone in, though, on the Martha Stewart making you good food. Mm -hmm. I think Martha Stewart would make you make her good food, and she would tell you how to make it. Oh, no, okay, so now... That's actually better. What what if you had to do it with Gordon Ramsay now, though, and you just are like, I have to make you snacks, and he's instantly like, this is fucking raw! When you you took away Martha Stewart from my list, Gordon Ramsay was literally next up, and like, fuck it, we're gonna go weird with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be a blast, because weed would mellow him the fuck out. Yes. Like... I mean, he's still going to scream at you, but it's just going to be a couple decibels down. And then what I would do is I would sneak a little bit of hot sauce in his meal. And we've seen how he does with heat. He, he yeah, doesn't. He doesn't like it. <laughs> Where's the lime juice? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that he would continue to yell and just stop. I think he would go into uh, Master, Chef, Master Chef Junior mode. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it would be like building you up. Yeah. But then you still present the food. He's like, this fucking sucks. Though. <laughs> There's a reason your parents wanted you out of the house for this week. Yeah. I think one of my life goals is to be yelled at by Gordon Ramsay. Like, 
that man because he only yells at you because he cares. Mm-hmm. Like if you ever watch, just it, like my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like, like he doesn't yell at the people who are clearly just like, they can't cook, they can't do anything. He's yelling at the people that are like, you have talent, why are you just fucking around on this? did so well, and then all of a sudden you decided that you're going to make mac and cheese for this meal. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. He just wants you to elevate, and I just want him to yell at me and be like, you're fucking up, Keegan, you need to do better. Is this why my dad never yelled at me, Mitch? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's because he loved you. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, uh, man, funny. I know what we're talking about in therapy next week. <laughs> well, on that note, guys, <laughs> it has been a fun episode. Is there anything else that you guys feel like we should discuss today? <laughs> no, I had some good laughs. This was a good one. A good 420 special here. I got nothing. I All right. Yeah, no. <laughs> Well, happy post 420, everyone. I hope that uh, your 420 was full of doobies mm-hmm. and weed and highness and all of that fun stuff. My name's Keegan. I'm Mitch. Trevor. <laughs> and now I'm Hutch. <laughs> and we apparently are the Chronicast. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Have an amazing day. Adios. Peace.